the talk show can you Four. hear me adam point zero <laughs> yeah, you sound a little muffled i might be i'm working on it all right we're, we're fading this out what the hell's up adam where are you <laughs> bro i'm in uh i'm in manch vegas manch <laughs> manch vegas little known uh second cousin twice removed to las vegas Manch, Manch Vegas. Manch Vegas. I, there's something wrong with my microphone. Hold on a second. Man, ah, man, I don't still don't know what's going on. Can you hear me? Your shit is broken. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> okay, cool. I just like to be heard. Yeah, makes me feel. Oh, uh, I just want the people to hear me. <laughs> I got I got two hey, microphones wanna... in front of me right now. I'm feeling pretty special. All right, Joe Rogan. Listen. Hey, listen. you know I get fancy as. Shit in here. A <laughs> F. Uh, I'm in Manchester, New Hampshire. Oh, Manchester's lovely, isn't it? It's a lovely place. Lovely place. I sh- I uh, wanted to stay in Nashua, New Hampshire, but every freaking hotel within uh, a large circumference of Boston seems to be sold out. Maybe there's some kind of sporting event going on. I'm not sure. Oh, I, I, I'm going to play dumb. What is it? I don't know. I don't actually know, but I think the Bruins are in the finals for the the big silver cup. Oh, the hockey thing where they get a thing. Yeah. I yeah. I don't understand. Okay, I'm going to get into trouble right off the bat, but I don't understand. Like when I watch hockey, I can't see the puck. I'm old. Well, I, where you, is it? I can't you see remember? It. Well, what happened? Okay, when we when I was younger, I remember watching hockey. I don't know anything about hockey, so let's just establish that right off the bat. But I remember watching hockey on television, and there was like the tracer thing that like followed the puck around on the screen, so you knew where the puck was. Yeah, where is the puck? That's what I want to know. Where is the damn thing? Well. You know, hopefully not in your net. That's where you don't want the puck to be. You oh, know? in my net or? In your net. Or in Skynet. That's a reference from a movie. I don't think they're, I don't think I they're here yet. They're, yeah. Uh, you'll have to ask Sarah. I'm not really sure. <laughs> so wait, where are you again? I'm very disjointed. I was The technology is really taking me. <laughs> you could be anywhere. Yeah. I was not listening. Focus. Fo- I'm in Manchester. New Hampshire. Yeah, and I think I said Manchester by the Sea, which doesn't mean anything. So, Oh, that's that movie that everybody said was really sad. I guess so. I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't watch it either. Because it was like, this movie's so depressing. And I was like, well, great. Now I'm not going to watch it. I'm Thanks. not going to watch that thing. Oh, wait, I think Appreciate I Appreciate fixed... the heads up. Oh, my God. I think I fixed the sound a little bit for me. Maybe not for Well, me. you know what? No one can hear any <sighs> difference. So you just need to keep it rolling here. The show must go on. Should we, should we start again? Do you want to start again? Okay, wait. Ready? Let's count it in. Hold on a second. <laughs> we're not going to really start again. This is all staying in, but uh, we're, we're going to go. Five. We're four. Gonna go, we're going to go back to. Three. Two. One. <laughs> it's not working. I don't know. See? I'm, I'm failing at everything. I don't You got to work on the music thing because it's, 
still sounds like you're just holding your phone up to the okay, microphone. Okay, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. I, <laughs> it's so messed up. It, but here's the thing about that. Uh, I, I have some different cords and cables that are supposed to make this work. I'm not, I got different cords and cables, too. I don't even know what they do. They, well, that's the problem is I don't either. So I have stuff, but I'm not successfully executing well, let me, it. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. It is obvious. It is obvious. Thank you, Adam uh, Saint Germain. Okay, hey, by the way, by the way, listen. by the way, I sent you a microphone up to Vermont, so you will be sound engineering one of these bad mother effers soon. I want, and I, I actually, am going to tear your ass limb from limb. <laughs> I want you to know I actually I brought the microphone with me on the road. And then as I was unpacking here in the hotel, I realized the microphone plugged into my computer. You will be calling me on my cell phone, right? And there was already a giant disconnect, and I just I quit. I gave up. <laughs> it's okay. So, we we will discuss how all that could have it. could could possibly work at a later date. But uh, I I would like to say I just want to I just want to go off off script here for a second. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, um, and I think that you know to be incongruous with what is popular in the in the podcasting world right now. We need to spend the first um, nine to fifteen minutes of our podcast talking about um, various products and other things. Oh yeah, <laughs> that are not, see, not relevant to the upcoming show. Yeah, whatsoever. I, see here, you know, I got a couple of theories about that, and and we won't go too deep on this right now. But there's a podcast I listen to. Shout out to Hollywood Handbook. Uh, comedy podcast what they do is they basically take the attitude of their whole podcast the way that they are and they kind of do the ads with that whole attitude so you know they're talking they're joking around they're doing bits the next thing you know they're kind of doing the same thing like characters silliness but then they're also talking about squarespace you know and but the the idea is that because it still really feels like the show people don't fast forward it because they like that they like the the silliness that they're doing whatever so what we need to do if we ever do get advertisers is just keep making fun of each other <laughs> talking about crossfit yeah talking look, about how i can't like, run microphones like- and then it'll all just piece together and people won't just hit fast forward because when joe rogan comes on i know you just scrub that shit to nine minutes i'm not listening to him talk about uh-huh. any of that bullshit a hundred percent. Unless I need the, the coupon code for whatever he's talking about, then I'll like I'll wait for the coupon code and then I'll fast forward. Yeah, no, and you I'm know? I'm pretty much all set with the. Oh, by the way, do you remember when Joe Rogan talked about flashlight for about twelve minutes every episode? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. No, I don't think I was. I don't think I was on the on the podcast train at that point. That's, I was, that's, and, um, and I had just moved here, and it was a uh, South Austin based company, and I live in South Austin. So I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is embarrassing to listen to. But I mean, look, you know, Joe Rogan's got kids, man. You got to pay them bills, right? Oh, got to do what you got to do. He's paying bills for real. Uh, you know, look, those Montana hunting trips, they don't come free. That's all Oh, I'm no, no, no. If you want to go kill animals like that in places like that, got to get paid, son. So Adam, right, I, I want to tell you a story. I want to start off the podcast a little different. We normally do fitness updates, but and I'm I have a, a weird echo situation. I'm going to ignore because I don't think it's coming across in the recording. It but, is not. Uh, I hear no. I hear nothing. Thank you. That makes me feel better. So here we go. That's what I'm here for. 
<laughs> you're here for me. I appreciate that. Uh, here's the deal. Friday afternoon. So we're now talking on Tuesday evening, but this past Friday, me and my wife, we got a babysitter for Friday night. I'm working my shift at the hospital, but we decided, you know, we couldn't really make it work on a night I had off. So we're going to do our date night on uh, Friday night after I get off the hospital. I'm excited. We're going to have, you know, a nice dinner somewhere, talk, have a good time, go to work, do all my normal stuff. I eat a, you know, a, a little like a grab and go meal from the, you know, fancy whole food style market here in, in Austin. We have HEB and their boutique store is called Central Market and they make these nice meals. I got one, make it at the hospital for lunch. It's great. I brought a sick fit. I think if you, if you don't know if you're down with the parlance of our times, Adam, you know what I'm talking about? I have no, a sick, sick fit. I, br- I brought a sick fit to work. I don't know what that is. A dope fit. A dope fit? Yeah. I brought a nice outfit to what? switch into after work. <laughs> what is this garbage language you're using? What is that? You got like garbage mouth over there. <laughs> look at I've Urban. Ne- I've never. Look up Urban you know Dictionary. What? I'm, you got some I'm fits. I've seen. Hey, hey, you can't rock a, facial hair like you do and pretend you don't know what a dope fit is. Listen, listen. I'm just going to say this right now. <laughs> and if he's listening. I love you. That's some J car language, okay? And you no, need no, to no. Keep it in check. <laughs> no, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> he don't know. Six fit dope. I mean, that's some bullshit. Go back to Texas. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm in right. Texas. What are you right. talking about? <laughs> so okay. I bring so a recap, nice outfit. I got a recap. nice outfit. I, I, I put a nice shirt and some, you know, some clothes together, brought them to work to my stupid job. End of the day, I get I get in my nice hey, clothes. Hey, wait, 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 wait. It's, yes. not, it's a great job. It's a great job. It is a great job. I love it. Um, I, I get I get into my sick fit, and uh, <laughs> I can't. No, you're not 11 years old. What is going on? Uh, don't mind my drip. That's another that thing I could say to you that you wouldn't understand. <laughs> and, um, uh, so I put on my nice outfit. I get ready to go on my day night. You're really delaying this whole conversation by pretending you've never read UrbanDictionary.com. And then um, I go, uh, you know, downstairs. I meet my wife in the lobby because she re- she did a ride share over to the hospital. We go to my car. Everything's feeling great. It's such a nice night. Get into the car. I have so many questions. So many questions. So somewhere yep. on the car ride from the hospital to the restaurant that we're gonna go to. I start to feel a little bit hot and cold, like a little bit warm, a little bit weird, a little bit like, oh, am I hot or am I cold? I can't quite figure it out. Something feels weird. Sounds like New England. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's New England in a, in a cup. But, you know, it's been a long day, so I'm like, nah, I'll be fine. And uh, so we go on to this nice restaurant. We get to the restaurant. Everything's fine. We get seated right away. It's a Friday night, but we get seated right away. It's beautiful. Everything's great. Sit down at the table. Order wait, some- wait, wait. You didn't yeah. have... You- Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. Go, 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 go. You got a question already? You got a question about how restaurants work? I'm writing, I'm writing them down. I'm writing them down. <laughs> okay. okay. Take notes. <laughs> we, we, we get into the restaurant. We're, we're, we're placing an order for, you know, drinks and a salad. You know, we haven't figured out the whole meal yet. I start to feel like, man, is it really hot in here? Wife says, I don't know. It's okay. It's a little hot. You're right. It's kind of hot. I'm like, yeah, it feels really hot in here. Oh, it's weird. I don't know. Okay. Wine comes, sipping on some wine. Uh, they bring the salad. We split a salad, very, you know, small portion. I start eating it and like a couple bites into the salad. I'm like, I've never been so full in my life. My stomach feels weird. (laughs) (laughs) Everything feels so weird. And, uh, 
by the t- we order we order entrees. By the time they show up, I'm like, something's fucked up. I'm not okay. I can't eat. Like I just realized I'm I am majorly fucked up, and I don't know what's wrong. Like I'm kind of sweating and freezing at the same time. I feel like I'm gonna die, and it's date night, and I have to say to my wife. We got to get out of here. Like, this is one of our favorite restaurants, but we have to tell the waiter that I'm leaving, <laughs> you know? And uh, I have a stomach of steel, so this is not a frequent or even a, I don't know if this ever happened before. Uh, so, you know, we pay the bill. Everything's fine. We leave. I tell, I assure the waiter that I'm not sick because of anything he did. I'm just like, something's wrong. I came in here with it. I don't know what it is. Get back to the house. Roll into the house in South Austin. I'm, I know that I'm feeling sick, but I, I still don't really know what it is. I come upstairs, I like take off my dope fit, you know, I'm like taking, <laughs> popping the buttons on the on the shirt, and uh, I walking into I have a walk-in closet in my room, right? Everything's carpeted, right? So upstairs, everything's carpeted. <laughs> and I'm in the oh, master no. bedroom. the uh, The bathrooms on one side, the mask, the, the you know, the uh, walk-in closets on the other side. I walk into the walk-in closet, pop in the shirt, just want to hang it up. I know I'm going to the bathroom in a minute to just like wash off. I don't know. And then suddenly, Adam, I have that feeling we've all had at some point in our life where we know that vomit is going to happen in about three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> And I begin to violently sprint towards the bathroom while also (laughs) throwing my hands in my face to try to make sure the vomit doesn't go on the carpet, but gets like flung somewhere else. I run into the bathroom. I make it just past the carpet line. I'm nowhere near the toilet. I'm just approaching the first. <laughs> There's a, it's a double vanity sink. So I like enter the bathroom and I've got two sinks in front of me, mine or my wife's. And in an embarrassing moment of choice, I go for my wife's. And, <laughs> and I vomit what is like the closest comparison to this vomit would be like if you've ever seen at a sporting event, a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> Oh my god! And uh, that shit was lit, and then it went on for a while after that. So much vomit, and uh, it was disgusting. And uh, okay, yeah, I'll stop now okay. for a minute because I could keep going, but this has been a lot. I mean, look, you can't fault you for using, uh, uh, you know, the closest sink to the door right decisions were made okay it was, it was it the happened. closest one but it was maybe rude of me not to take the extra step you know you you can only do what you can do you know what they say scott sullivan you can only control what you can control and in that moment you couldn't control your own body so we can't fault you <laughs> i, I, I was i was lucky to get out of that damn closet <laughs> all right now i have i have some follow-up questions <laughs> shoot <laughs> What is a ride share? Oh, I think you know what a ride share is. A ride share. So in Austin, we literally have one that's called Austin Rideshare, which is basically the Austin nonprofit based version of Lyft or Uber. But in Austin, you okay. have the choice of using Lyft, Uber, or Ride Austin. You know, shout out to Ride Austin. Whenever I have that choice, I always go Ride Austin because they, uh, it's a service they created when I think Uber had kind of opted out of the city. Like they got in a dispute with the city and left. They've recently come back, 
but in the interim, uh, they created a like kind of driver supported nonprofit where like they get paid, some money goes to nonprofits, and it's all good. And and it, it's not if you ever look into Uber, there's a lot of sketchy shit there. Shout out to Uber. If oh, you I'm, not, wanna... I'm not questioning that. I was just I was just curious because you said yeah yeah she took a ride share and I was like why would he use the generic term. But that explains it. It's I've got it. I think good. of it as that because it, the name lit here is that boring. It's Austin Rideshare. <laughs> Very good. What the hell was date night and you didn't have a reservation? Oh, good point. We went back and forth. The date night was kind of a, a late in the game decision. And then we were going back and forth between three of our favorite places, all of which we thought mm. we could slide in for a, a two top at that time. And we turned out to be right. Cause we went to this restaurant in Austin. I'll shout them out. Cause it's one of my favorite places, Vespio. And, uh, it's nice. It's a nice place. So, you know, it gets busy. You know what? I hope that, I hope they send you a gift certificate. Like, Oh yeah. You mentioned us on your podcast that has six followers. Here's a three dollar <laughs> gift certificate. Come in and buy a crouton. <laughs> you know, they don't know what's up. Cause this shit's going to get lit. It's going to be, <laughs> we're going to be blowing it up. Rogan doesn't right, know. Then, we're we're going to take that Buddha right off his table. It's, we're coming for him. <laughs> Rogan don't know. He don't know. He don't know. Uh, what kind of wine? Um, well, first course. Uh, Rosé all day. Because we, we were there just long enough to order a second glass of wine. I never even sipped my second glass of wine because I realized I was going to die. But uh, I think. I, I am amazed at your commitment. I have like, really, kudos. Well done. You really stuck it out. I would, as soon as I started getting hot, cold sweats, I've been like, pulling the plug, parachute, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, my stomach is normally like very like resilient, so I, I had it in my mind that something was wrong, but it ain't gonna take me down. Oh, sir, I was so wrong. <laughs> so and, so wrong. Uh, do we think it was the grab and go meal at the hospital? I think it was the grab and go meal from the from the central market that I brought to the hospital and I can't really, Oh, the central market. I think so. I can't really throw them under the bus because with food poisoning and I did actually a lot of research, uh, on the CDC website about what, you know, the different characteristics and, um, onset times and all these things for uh, common foodborne illnesses are because <laughs> I'm a nerd and I wanted to find out exactly what I got and nothing really mm. fit perfectly. There was there's a one suspect I think was probably it that would explain it and would would explain that particular meal, but uh, yeah, it's just it's tough to nail it because you know a lot of people think that they get sick at restaurants and they always assume it's the fish or the meat that they ate, but uh, quite a bit of foodborne illness comes from poorly washed vegetables and uh, lettuce and things like that that you eat in your salad course. Everyone thinks it's the fish or the steak, but. A lot of times it's whatever that was in the salad that didn't get washed right. Fun fact. <laughs> are, you, are you done with that story? I stopped paying attention, so I'm not really sure. What oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. Hey, I'm glad to hear you feeling better. I'm glad it was just a little food poisoning bout. And, uh, you know. Well, it went on of- into Sunday morning. So it followed me all through uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. Saturday afternoon, I felt terrible but better. Sunday morning, I felt like I had bad cramps, but, but everything else was normal. And then somehow at uh, two in the afternoon on Sunday, a light went on and I was like, just normal again. 
So it was a really weird weekend. I so that's my fitness update. It took about twenty minutes to tell you. So I I'm an expert concision storyteller, obviously, but that's what happened to me. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing uh, I'm doing great. I uh, started. Um, I told you the other day I was going to take two weeks off from running, which was a blatant lie, and um, I did uh, some running intervals yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday, and. They were fantastic. It was great. Uh, felt, I mean, they were challenging, but they felt really good. Hit all the target times. Nice. Success all around. Bring um, it. My, uh, my dad was up in Vermont visiting this weekend, so that was, that was cool. We get to hang with the fam. Sweet. Played in the sprinkler. It was the best, weekend, best uh, weather weekend of the year yet. It was like 75, 80 degrees, pure sun every day. It was amazing. So, okay, um, wait, 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 time out. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, just if, it is what it is, but um, you, you, you implied there that you and your dad played in the sprinkler. Is that right? No. Okay, because no. you said, my dad came to visit, everything was great, had a good time, played in the sprinkler. That's exactly what you said. I mean, look, no shame in that game. No, right? it's good. It's good. But, it's good. I just I wanted to clarify for the people out there that it was you and your dad and not you and Edie that played in the sprinkler. Yeah, it was mostly the kiddo played in the sprinkler. I also had some passes running through the sprinkler. And I think Hell my dad went, yeah. went through he went through once or twice. Hell yeah. That's what's you know, up. <laughs> yeah, man, we get it done. We're making it happen. Also, yes. because the mosquitoes in Vermont have been out of control. We uh, purchased and installed a bat house oh. in the hopes of bringing some bats to the yard. So I'm trying to bring a little Austin to Vermont. I love that. So where, where <coughs> did you build one or did you get a prefab one? And where would you buy something like that? I mean, I, look, I'm a lazy American, so I'm not going to lie. I, I purchased one from the <laughs> garden, sure. the local garden store. They are, uh, they are made in the state of Maine out of uh, northeastern white pine sustainably harvest they had a whole tag about it whatever um it's a very simple thing i could have made one but you know i didn't but you don't don't judge i hear you judging me don't judge me i'm not judging you i i think you know i know you know how to use tools you just chose not to this time that's okay we all, we all gotta live um yeah so we so we put it on a put on a pole it's like 12 feet off the ground which they said you know it's supposed to be like between 10 and 15 feet in the air in a sunny spot and uh, hopefully we get some bats. So it's not attached we'll to the side of the house or anything. It's on a pole. Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah. Well, the recommend. Yes, it's on a pole. The recommendation. I did my little bit of bat research. The recommendation is that you want it um, in a in a clear flight path for the bats to be able to find. Well, they and can't see. So you, you know. Well, they use their echolocation to find it. Right. That's why you can't and push it in front of them. Uh, and they have oh, so wait a second i in all the bat literature that i was reading that came along with the little bat house they repeatedly mention that bat's echolocation is so good that in a dark room they can avoid a single human hair Interesting. And i was like the fuck who who tested that <laughs> Who tested that? Sounds like nobody. <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that was just like, you could just say like their echolocation is really good. They can find shit in the dark. They can find whatever. It's just like a ridiculous thing to say. So yeah, um, anyway, ridiculous. Y- you need the, 
you need the apparently I didn't know this that uh, I would have assumed that bats like cool places, but apparently that's not the case. The bat you want the bat house to be between eighty and one hundred degrees during the oh, day, yeah. so you want I, to be in the sure the I, most sun as possible. I live in Austin, Texas, and you know what we have here. Well, you bats, guys have a lot of bats. Bats yeah. as hell brings up an interesting side point. We got a new logo. Shit's got bats on it. This is true. <laughs> this is true. It's got bats. It's got mountains, and it's got a bridge. It's looking pretty nice. It's I com- mean, it looks dope. Yeah, check that it shit out. Dope. If you want, if you want a sticker, hit us on Instagram at mm-hmm. Talk Show, and I will, I will send you a sticker as soon as I make them. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, you'll be surprised at our follow through. <laughs> Initially, you'll be disappointed in our follow through, but eventually you'll be surprised. That's kind of, I think that's, it'll come around. It'll that's come true around. to life. We're the, we're the kind of people where, like, you might be like, I think Adam forgot about me. Nah, he's going to come around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. I Scott think that's hasn't true. called in a uh, while. I think he forgot about me. Nah, he's going to call it a bit. Don't worry about it. Come to, it'll work out. It'll it's work coming out. around. It's good. It's good. It's good. Um, uh, all right. Cool. I got a topic. So that's a, yeah, fitness update. Things are good. What do you got? I got a topic. So yeah, so no fitness for me this weekend. I was busy trying not to die. But, oh wait, uh, I'm supposed to ask you. If, I'm, I'm supposed to ask you for a word of advice while we're talking about fitness. Sure. Um, so you have uh, inadvertently signed up for a 50 mile trail race. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> in September, uh, I have simultaneously. Got a coworker to sign up for a 50 kilometer, 31 mile nice. mountain bike race in Lake Tahoe in like three weeks. Oh, that's soon. Do you have Do you have any advice for him? Well, tell me a few things. What is his baseline fitness situation? Where's he coming from? He uh he lives in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Um, he does some CrossFit, although he was, he didn't go for like four months cause he was busy. He did ride his bike a little bit on the trainer over the winter. So I would say, I would say he's at the point where like he can physically finish the event. Okay. <laughs> okay. So he's, <laughs> let's say it's a 50 kilometer. Which is about 20, yeah, 26, 50, 27 yeah. miles, right? No, it's 31 miles. 31 miles. Wait, okay. Yep. It's more than, I guess I, I did that mental math quick. So it's, Well, said, here's a quick reference, right? A 5K is 3.1 miles. You add a zero <laughs> to either one. <laughs> well, it's like 2.2 is the, the divider, I think, right? At a certain point. That's complicated math. Why just take the shortcut? Add a zero. <laughs> okay, whatever. So... So uh, you trying to do you trying to do that new math? You going in circles over there, new math? <laughs> what the hospital we do uh, temperatures in, 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 in uh, centigrade? So like every day, like I don't know the per, the, the textbook normal temperature in my mind is thirty seven degrees. <laughs> Listen, if you ain't doing temperature in Kelvin, I don't care. <laughs> you get get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck right off. Yeah. All right, so, so, the, so wait, like, we're so trying why, to give so this guy you, some advice on how to get ready to do 31 miles on a mountain bike? Yes. And he's got three weeks. Uh, 
the well, I guess he's got a he's got four weeks because the event is on the thirteenth, so he's got four weeks. And he's coming off of kind of a dormant season, like he's a fit guy, but he hasn't done shit in a minute. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. There we go. Let's go with that. Also, let's take into account that the that the mountain bike race is at seven thousand feet. Oh shit, son! Um, this is for a little extra spice. So he should have his wife uh, duct tape his mouth shut, like all the way around his head, <laughs> like a big friggin' circle, so he can't breathe at all from his mouth. And then he should do some training rides like that. <sighs> oh, that reminds me about something I'm going to tell you about in a minute. All right, so he <laughs> no, should duct no, tape it, his mouth. <laughs> okay, and yeah, and then he should probably. Um, also pay like one of his kids to kick him in the balls every 10 miles and then just do a training <laughs> ride like that. But okay. All right. In, so in duct tape the mouth. In all seriousness, uh-huh. I, I would just, I would probably just try to like put in some, some work without even worrying about the condition. You're not going to be able to replicate those conditions often enough in that period of time to stress about it. I'd probably just try to do some like workouts at some like higher end of your of your ability for the next couple weeks and then just do a couple taper off weeks of trying to stay active but don't stress yourself because you if you go if you try really hard to get ready for something like that in that short amount of time you're probably going to just make it harder if you just got to commit to the fact that it's going to be hard (laughs) like do two hard weeks of training do two mellower weeks of training and then see what you got I love it. This is great advice. This is great advice. I actually have another question regarding the same race. Okay. As, uh, and you can, you can maybe relate to, relate to this. You can draw on it from your past bike racing experience. Someone else is doing this same race, uh, in in an attempt to qualify for Leadville. So there's a lot of pressure on themselves to perform at this race. So they got to put in a certain time, I would imagine, or a certain pace, or how how do they? I'm, I know with like marathon there's qualifiers, a, it's yeah, just a hard a time. Of, well, one part of it is that you have to go to you have to do a certain time to get into a certain start corral for Leadville. The other part is that you have to like perform well in your given category, um, so that you get the coin uh, to go to Leadville, which is like the golden ticket. Yeah, how many of those are there these days? Do you know off the top of your head? It's a it's a percentage. So I for, I don't know what, how the percentage works out, but if there's a hundred people in the category, I think they give out like five or six points. If there's only no, like twenty mean, people, they give I, out like one. I, I probably said that dumb. What I meant was at the start line in Leadville, how many people do you roughly are there that get to do it on the day? Oh, four thousand. Wow, that's that's a lot of people. I don't actually know. A shit ton of people. Yeah, it was a lot of you people. You were there. It, sound, it seemed like a sea of people. It was an endless sea of people, yes. Wow. I mean, I was at the front at the start, and then I got and then I got passed by a bunch of people, and then I passed a bunch more people, and then... And don't answer on this... On the Columbine... <laughs> I was going to say, uh, don't answer that, this negatively if it's, if it's negative, but what were the logistics like? Was it a good experience, like, race management-wise, for that many people? At Leadville? Yeah. At Leadville? Yes. Oh, it was, no, it was fantastic. I mean, great. that's think of the tribute to the people running that, like to to have an endless sea of people at the start line, and still you had a good racer experience. That's they should be running everything. Oh yeah, I mean they they really did like a, a like a it was a phenomenally run event, no question whatsoever. Badass. That's not easy to do, but anyway, 
you were saying something no. and I interrupted you. You were saying something about there was a lot of people and then at a certain point in the race and I interrupted you. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, so you have to finish. So, like, let's say you have to finish in the top 10% of your category to get a golden coin. Yeah. I don't know what the metric is. I'm just saying, like, what would you tell somebody who's putting a lot of pressure on themselves as they go into this key event, tent pole event? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe not the best person to ask about that, but we can give – what I'm curious about is your answer versus mine because as somebody who's done a lot of events over a period of time – uh, I think one of the things I have is I, I have like a certain amount of the, the killer I want to win the, the do well drive, but it's not, and, and it's kind of probably what's always tempered my successes is it's not the same level as I see in other people. I have a little bit like a certain 10% or 20% of my mentality. That's like, I'll be here tomorrow too. You know, or like, I, I'll come back and try to kick your ass again. And it affects me in jujitsu and other things that I do. So like, you know, I wouldn't necessarily tell the person to do, have the mentality exactly as I would have, but you have to remember at a certain point when you go to events like this, that like, yeah, you're, you're going to go out there and you're going to leave it all on the line, but there's tomorrow and there's the next day. You don't want to like, just give up you know you don't want to like give a worse performance because that's your mentality but you want to kind of meet in the middle of like this is important to me and this is something that i'm going to try to achieve but it's not the ultimate measure of like how satisfied i am with the work and, and this goes into something really cheesy that i'm going to say and it actually comes out of a comedy podcast where they use this kind of as a joke but i think it's it's good anyway there's like a zen uh cone or a zen phrase Adam, it's kind of silly. You might have heard it before, but uh, have you heard the phrase chop wood, carry water? Yes. Okay, what does it mean to you? Uh, chop wood, carry water? Yeah. So I let mean, me, I don't know. I've never really... Okay, so let me, present it it, let me present it to you in its, in its context, okay? The, yeah, hit me. There's a monk. There's, there's some monks one or two, it doesn't matter. There's monks and they're practicing to engage, to, to reach enlightenment. Okay. So every day on the path to enlightenment, they chop wood and they carry water. They chop wood for the fire. They carry water to drink. And, um, and that's part of their practice as they search for enlightenment. And then one day they eventually achieve enlightenment. Okay. What do they do the next day? Chop wood and carry water. Exactly, because the journey has always been the same. They just eventually realized the meaning of the journey, right? So, like, <laughs> it's a little bit silly, but in the end, it's like, if you really love doing the running or the biking or whatever it is that you're spending your time doing, or even the stupidity of it, like, I'm on this, like, exercise challenge with you right now that's the stupidest thing I've ever even thought about doing, but... It, I'm committing myself to it. I'm and I'm going to be I'm going to try to make it happen and I'm going for it, you know? So, my advice to this person would be if your goal is to go to Leadville and you put in the work and you've chopped wood and you've carried water, just have fun and make it happen. Don't stress. And if you didn't chop wood and carry water, start doing it now. You'll get there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and this is our philosophy segment with Scott. That was great. That was that was uh, that was 
perfect. <laughs> I was gonna make I was gonna make a joke about about <laughs> you were you, know we you were looking for a way to slam me and you came up with nothing. I don't know what happened just now. <laughs> no, I was gonna like circle it back. I was gonna go back to what you were talking about, like duct taping uh, your mouth shut so you can practice breathing through your nose and that whole deal. Because I I did an experiment, but now I feel like I don't want to I don't want to talk about this experiment that I did. So well, you just um, did. So let's let's have it. You just, you, you just did the classic dipshit thing where you put yourself right in the line of fire. Let's hear it. All right. All right. When Let me ask you, when you run, do you ever practice? Have you done any reading about nasal breathing and or nasal only breathing? You know, that's interesting that you asked that. I believe I did, but I'm, I'm thinking back to like a couple of years ago when I was running and I do have a vague recollection of that. And I do remember trying to practice breathing a certain way. I have not done any of it recently, but I, it doesn't sound completely foreign to me. Okay. So yeah, so there's this, there's this idea. I mean, there's tons of, I'm going to misquote all sorts of people and, and I'll, I'll screw this up six ways from Sunday, but that's not the point. Um, there's the idea that if you, when you're exercising, when you're doing something, uh, some kind of endurance type thing, um, you can control your output by breathing in and out only through your nose. Um, okay. And so we did a, we did an experiment today at the gym. So there <laughs> okay. is. So I'm, I'm gonna put this all together Sorry. for you. I'm actually I'm a little stuffed up right now. Speaking of nasal breathing, um, <laughs> they didn't waterboard uh, you or anything, did they? No, no, they didn't. Okay, they good. Because I know um, those CrossFit guys, they they get worked up real quick. Yeah. So, so I feel like you know, like personally speaking, I'm somebody that breathes well, and I have good breath control, and I don't hyperventilate, and I can like cue myself to exhale or take deep breaths as I need in the moment while doing whatever thing that I'm doing. Okay. And it's, you know, uh, more sick. endurance based things I'm better at, whatever. Sick brag, bro. Sick brag, dude. Sick brag. <laughs> so, anyway, <clears throat> so this nasal breathing thing, though, is like an incredible challenge because you're like, well, fuck, I can only breathe through my nose. It sounds impossible. So, we did this. Uh, there's this workout. I'll give you this. This is a real workout. It's called Karen. And uh, it's, do you know what a wall ball is? Not the um... game you used to play when you were a kid. <laughs> I tried to think of a funny answer. I got nothing. What is a wall ball? I shut that down quick. <laughs> All right, a wall ball. You know what a medicine ball is? Yes, I do. It's like, it's like a, you know, it's a little bit bigger than a basketball. And so uh, the ball weighs twenty pounds. Okay. Yes. And you 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 hold it in your hands in front of your chin and chest. You squat down. You stand up and you throw it over your head to a target that's above you that's ten feet high. Dope. That's one, right? All right, easy. <laughs> Where does so it the workout? Land? Like in, in the CrossFit gym, there's a lot of people in there. I don't know if I want no, to be no, next just... to you doing this workout. <laughs> that sounds like a real liability for me. You just no, no. You're just you're just throwing. Like imagine you're standing facing a wall. You're just throwing it to a target up on the wall. Yeah, somewhere in the room, and then there's a guy next to me trying to do like a topless like PR of some <laughs> dumb squat. He's gonna get a medicine ball to the balls. 
No, what are you tight? You got total control. You're just throwing it straight up. <laughs> like I've watched YouTube. You CrossFit people bang each other out with some <laughs> weights sometimes. I've seen that stuff. All right. So anyway, so the workout is you do you do 150 wall balls. Okay. Wall balls. 150. That sounds like a lot. It is a lot. hundred <laughs> percent is a lot. Okay. And so. But the challenge, so the experiment today was to do it nasal breathing only. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, so that's where I was trying to go. So imagine, <laughs> like imagine you're out for a bike ride or you're out for a run and you only allowed yourself to breathe through your nose. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it does this really interesting thing where like one, it forces you to focus on your breath. So sure. that you're conscious of your breath. There's, is, a style of your, there's a style of uh, yoga that's similar to that. I believe it's called Kundalini yoga. Is that where they, they only nasal breathe? It's where they focus on the breath and there's a lot of exhaling. And I believe it's through the nose. It's a lot of oh, like, interesting. It's a lot of like rapid, uh, nasal exhales. I, I don't know much about it. I, people are going to yell at me, but it, it's something like that. Okay. Anyway, go well, on. we'll, we'll look at, we'll look it up. Um, anyway, but it was super fascinating because you can only work, as hard as, as you're able to maintain the pace with your breath. So you, you're not able to like ever completely bury yourself where you would, if you were breathing through your mouth. And, um, so it's like a really interesting mental exercise about like pacing and mm, breath control sure. and sure. capacity. And, um, it was just interesting. So I like it. That's, uh, yeah, there you go. So Adam Zinjermain, what, so, what, what kind of advice would you as probably, I think clearly the more, uh, successful, reckless, of the two. <laughs> reckless and successful of the two of us uh, with, with these endurance sports activities. What, what kind of advice have you, or would you give your friends uh, on the same topics as, in terms of like getting into Leadville or doing this, uh, you know, longer endurance event they maybe aren't prepared for? What, what do you, what would you say? I'm curious. Yeah, I would say I would say for the so for the shorter one, the 50k, right? Like, uh, I think that is, I'd put that in the same realm as like you showing up to do a marathon. Like, you put in a little prep work and like you can finish it. It might not be pretty and it might be challenging and whatever, but you're gonna get it done. So all you got to do is show up and challenge yourself, and it'll be pretty rad. Cool. Um, and then you'll be better, you know, you'll grow in the experience, whether that's because it was challenging, because it was hot, it was challenging because of the elevation, it was challenging because you hadn't ridden a mountain bike that distance before, or whatever the thing is, like you'll, you know, like that cheesy thing is like you either win or you learn. Sure, and so in that yeah. circumstance, you're just setting yourself up to learn a ton. Um, and so like that, you know, I, I think that one's pretty straightforward. I think the the Leadville qualifier thing is a little more complicated. And I think that for me, like I always approach those situations, like, like if I'm attending an event where I have a desired result, like if I was going to a bike race or a running race or whatever, and I had a, you know, something in mind, I was like, this is the goal. This is what I want to do. Um, I always try and work backwards and like set a plan. And then I, the entire time I don't focus on the goal. I I only focus on executing my strategy. Well, that's and the so, thing is if you like set it, yourself 
a plan where each day there's a clearly defined goal and you just have to stay on that, that track, it's so much easier than trying to figure out how you're going to make this magical leap from here to there. Oh, I mean like within the actual event. So like if you're talking about the, the Oh, so even bike within race, the event itself. Okay, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So like within the event. So you're saying like let's just say to do the 100K mountain bike race, you know it's going to – we'll just pick a number for easy math. We'll say it's going to take four hours. That would be incredibly fast so that's not real, but we'll just say it's going to take four hours. So like great, four hours. I need to consume – 500 calories per hour you're like great how am i going to eat 500 calories an hour i'm going to eat 200 calories in my water bottle and i'm going to eat three gels every hour one per 20 minutes and so then when you're racing you know right i'm going and you just like boom 20 minutes i eat a gel and you don't think about it you don't think like well am i hungry am i this am i that what flavor is it you've already decided ahead of time at 20 minutes, I'm eating this gel or blocks or whatever the heck you're going to eat. doesn't matter. It's just part of the work. And then you just execute it. Yeah, you just execute it. So, right, you, you chop that wood and you move on. And then 20 <laughs> minutes right. later, you chop some more wood. And um, I think the difficult part, I think like a lot of people are really good at setting a plan. Whether it's the right plan or the wrong plan is irrelevant. You set a plan. And then when things start to go awry, that's where the real, the real challenge and the real uh, triumph can come in. If you're like, okay, here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do. Oh, shit, I got a flat tire. Yep. Well, that wasn't part of the plan. I'm late to what the race. <laughs> oh, that's classic. I remember classic once. St. Germain. <laughs> well, well, here's, here's one. I, I won't tell the whole story, but a quick funny one just because Adam's involved. Uh, way back when I was in my first year of racing, I think, whatever, uh, doing uh, the Green Mountain Stage Race for the first time. This is when I was a Cat 4. Adam, also a Cat 4. I, I knew who he was, but we weren't real tight yet. And uh, and uh, I remember the stage, I believe in that year, it was stage two, was a circuit race around Vermont. And um, my team and I, slept in and rolled up to the sign-up area for, the, for stage two so late that I think I actually chased on to the group from the start line. Like I was kind of there, but kind of not. And um, ended up, you know, queuing up for the sprint right behind my co-host, Adam St. Germain, who was the hot, the hot hand in the sprints that year. So much so that two other dudes were trying to fight me to be on his wheel, caused a crash, ripped up my wheel, knocked me out of the race for the for that evening. <laughs> Wrecked oh, my bike man. just trying to follow your dumb ass into the sprint. <laughs> Which I think you won. I think. I think you won. Did you? I was going to say, I think that was the, that's the only year I ever won the circuit race. Yeah, because I think that year you yeah. maybe won stages one and two. I don't know. I did, yeah. I, I, I won stages one and two, and then I think I got second or third overall, something like that. Yeah, I got my only top ten at that race ever that year on the Criterium, <laughs> I think. After being so, a total dick, I, I went off and rode solo for like ten laps at the beginning just to be a nuisance. <laughs> so. I'm causing trouble. <laughs> I'll just real quick about the Green Pass stage race. There was a year, and I think it was the first year I was in the Pro 1-2 race, 
I missed the start. A hundred percent missed the start. It. And that was still, it was when the, the race was still 105 miles. And I rode the entire thing <laughs> by myself off the back in the rain just so I could race the crit the next day. <laughs> First of all, terrible. you, sir, are a moron. Second of all, <laughs> this is why I love you so much because that's the kind of moron I love. <laughs> that's so stupid. I've like, done that twice in my life where I missed the start of a road race and I still rode the whole thing, like somehow thinking like, oh, I'm going to catch the field. Like the math on that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I'm going to catch the field. Like, yeah. what are you, an idiot? No, so. no, yeah, but you know what? I admire your, I admire your courage, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, or, you know, stupidity or, or whatever. Whatever um, it is. Okay, okay, yeah, very good, very good. Well, while we're talking about training and, mm. uh, and questions, Scott, let's, let's hit on your question here about on-road versus off-road training. Oh, yeah, in our, in our notes for this episode. I, what I was thinking was um, coming up to our, uh, speaking of stupid challenges, <laughs> coming up to our 50-miler. It's going to be great. Our fi- we know, I know the terrain. I looked it up. So the 50-miler the is off-road, and it's you know obviously a, a trail run and quite a bit of uh, change in uh you know up and downs but but what do you think yeah you know whatever that's the fancy word let's not be let's not be fancy it's ups and downs ups season and downsies (laughs) upsies downsies yep got it got it but uh what are are you thinking well i know you're doing a whole other thing but i've been doing road running mostly up till now and i and i have a favorite place to run on trails in austin that i'm planning on doing eventually but I feel like that's going to be in the later phase. Like once I'm getting a little happier with like duration and how good I feel running. Um, what do yes. you think about that? Uh, do you I, think that's a good or a bad plan? I think that you, sh- I think there's two, there's two modality, not modalities. There's two, um, there's two buckets of training, right. To, for, for you to get ready for the, for the 50 miler. So one is simply like your aerobic capacity and your engine and your running efficiency, right? Like, so that, like all your intervals, shorter runs, fartleks, like all that stuff I would do on the road. Gotcha. Or the track or the track if you went to the track. And then all of your longer runs, recovery runs and that stuff where it's just like run for 30 minutes, run for an hour, run for two hours, whatever. I would do that on the trails because so the two things that you're the two buckets right are aerobic capacity and for lack of a better descriptor we'll call it like physical readiness and so the demands of running off-road are wildly different than running on road it's it's fundamentally slower but it's also you know it's very subtly moving your ankles and your knees and your hips and your back and Sure. It's activating, you know, um, different muscles in your feet. And so I think for the longer runs, like we're doing like two, two hours or over an hour or whatever, like you really want to start to adapt that early so that when you do get into some like, you know, longer training runs, like you're able to, to put the mileage in on the trails. That's how I would split it up. I think that sounds right. And that's like, I plan on moving pretty soon to, to the green belt here in Austin, which is probably my best bet. There's some other places to run too, but 
for where I live, the the closest spot's probably going to be the green belt. And then timing. And I and I and I think that'll give you like the the mental uh the mental fortitude to like accept when you're going to walk and how long you're going to walk for. So like if you're out for a 2-hour run and you're, you know, you're running and you're like an hour you're an hour in and you get to a hit. I don't know if there's big hills on the, on the green belt, but if there's a hill, um, yeah. So like you get to the hill and you're like, well, you know, I'm an hour in, I'm kind of tired. Like you need to be okay with walking up the hill and then starting running again when you get to the top or when you get to the other side or whatever. And I think like mentally you need to practice that. So like that way in the event, when you're on hour, hour four, five, six, whatever, and you're like, man, I just need to walk for 10 minutes. Like you're totally happy and confident that you're, that you're doing the right thing. And you're like, yep, I'm going to walk for 10 minutes and this is great. And in 10 minutes I'll start running again. Yeah. I think that makes sense because it's, it's definitely, I mean, the amount of time that definitely I, I think both of us, but definitely myself, the amount of time I'm going to spend on that trail that day is going to be epic. (laughs) You know? Oh, it's it's going to, it's a big day for sure. And I think like, like when I was training for the marathon a few years ago, uh, like the first time it was really difficult for me to transition from running to walking to back to running. Like my legs just didn't respond to that very well. And it, and it took, uh, a little bit more practice to, to get that. I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was exactly, but it was just like a weird feeling to work through it. So well, your body kind of lo- learns to shut down. It, it gets certain responses that it learns to react to. And if, if normally when you stop, you're done, your body just is looking right. for that cue. It, it's like, Oh, we're done. Adam's done, <laughs> but you're not done. <laughs> right. And right. And then you try to start again. Your body's like, bro, no, we, we done, bro. We're going to the pool. What you doing? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> So I got a que- I'm gonna so, I'm gonna transition here for a minute. I got a question for you burp. because I don't think I, in the in the notes for the show I don't think I articulated it well. But we did, and a lot of people listening, and a lot of people who will listen in the future, bitches, get on here. This is the talk show. But <laughs> a lot of people listening now and in the future should know that we did Taco Tally 2018 hashtag Taco Tally 2018. Kind of a big deal on Instagram. And my question I mean, for you is how. How have yeah? No, shit was on fire. It was literally like fire came out of my phone a few times. I had to get a new phone (laughs) twice because of fire coming out of my. I opened Instagram, poof, fire. But uh, (laughs) what has your situation been since that with tacos? Like, did you burn out at all? You still good? Is it a party on the regular? How you feeling about tacos in twenty nineteen? I've. I'm still, you know, I'm still a fan of tacos. I used to go out of my way a little bit to get tacos because, as we know, I'm I'm hyper competitive. So I was like, I was like, I'm within 30 minutes of tacos. I'm gonna go get these things. Um, <laughs> I'm there. Or if I was like, I'm not really that hungry. That's cool. I'm still gonna eat four. Uh, <laughs> but yep. Yeah. So I've really I've switched back to the simplicity and the ease and the portability of the burrito. Yeah, burritos are solid, man. I love tacos. I mean, you can't go wrong, no, just, right? Like, a burrito's great. Yeah, but a burrito so, can be great. As, as a traveling individual, uh, tacos require me to stop and eat the tacos at the establishment. You cannot successfully eat tacos no, in the no, car. No, you shouldn't even try. Is it? 
is a disaster. You can, if it's well wrapped anyway, it's a good roll, good tight roll. You can definitely eat a burrito in the car. 100% agree. Now, what I'm curious about, because I haven't been up your way in a while, what's your go-to burrito uh, slinging location up that way? You go Chipotle, yeah, or is go, there like a local kind of shit that you that you're into? I go to Moe's. Do you guys have Moe's? We don't down here, but I've been to a Moe's when I was up that way. Yeah, so I'll go to I'll I'll go Moe's first, uh, Chipotle second, and I think that's it. There's uh, you know, like it's too bad it, around us in Vermont. There's not like a a good like, um you know, Mexican burrito taco place. That's so, like, that's like specifically local. Yeah. 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 Like a, like a right. Independently owned, uh, right. Store one, that isn't one. So the one we have yeah. down here that I'll have to get you to hit up next time. You're in town. We have one down here called Freebirds, and I dig Freebirds. shout out to Freebirds. but it's, it's a very Chipotle like in terms of the design and the way that it's set up. But, um, it's, Local and very environmentally sensitive, rah, 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 just good sourced ingredients. And they're just kind of, it's, it's very similar, but maybe with a little bit more of an eye to like the little details and you watch them I w- I w- cook a lot of the meats and stuff on the grill back behind the main line in front of you and stuff. It just feels a little bit more wholesome than a Chipotle, but it's the same essential presentation. I will say the one thing that I've noticed, you know, six months on now from the close of Taco Tally 2018 is my Instagram feed is really devoid of taco photos, which is kind of sad, but it's, also it's a little depressing. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It, I also there's not very many food photos in general, which I which uh, I mean, that probably says something about the people that I, that I follow on there. But um, I kind of enjoy the food photos. <laughs> I I. I Agree with you 100%. Like most of what I posted before my son was born was food photos. And now that <laughs> I have a child, it's like pretty much evenly split between food photos and my child. Because <laughs> there's not, yeah, much, there's not much else I have to share with the world <laughs> at this point. It's a good, it's a good split. It's a good split. You Other know, than, I like it. You I know, like it. Listen to Taco Tally, Taco Talk Show, whatever. <laughs> Um, but but we, uh, we have a couple topics I have on my phone. Let me see what they were. There was something else I wanted. I don't have two chokes and a joke prepared, so maybe I'll do that next time. I could oh, make you it up. Prepare that one. I could. I, got, I, could, I, I could do, do it off the. Rapid I could, fire. I could do it off the dome in a minute if you want. But you got rapid fire. What? I got rapid fire questions that I did not prepare, but I will gladly ask you. Wait. Explain. Uh, well, I asked. I asked a friend. I said, "Hey, whoa." Hey, hang on a sec. Hang on a second, Scott Sullivan. Okay. First of all, there are officially 837 posts for Taco Tally 2018. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's way more than when it ended. Yeah, um, <laughs> for sure it is. Oh, well, let's see. The last one was you, you knucklehead, on May 1st. <laughs> Me? <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then February 16th. So I guess, all right, there was a lot of them. But more importantly, just what I was very exciting. That's amazing. Taco Tally, two, <laughs> Taco Tally 2019 is alive and well. Oh, really? I, I, I posted yep. a few times at it, mostly in jest. 
but I have not followed it uh, much. Oh, since. It, it looks like actually all of the posts are from you. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> oh, no. There's one from January for, from Watts or whatever. I definitely no. Some of these are not mine. I can tell just on a quick perusal that these are these are not mine. Watts or whatever is is uh, also in in Austin. Okay, and I'll, you follow them, so you know. But I don't know who it is. Don't. That's all right. That's all right. we don't need to. Oh, but, it's all you and Watts or whatever. No, but the first three are me, and then it stops being me. I don't think any of the other ones are me. They're all Watts or whatever. And yeah, and it's a bike racing person. Who is this person? Do you well, know who this is? She I is don't. clearly winning Taco Tally 2019. She also looks like she's lighting it up on some group ride over here. Shout well, out to you know, Watts or whatever. Watts or whatever is crushing it. <laughs> Very bike-friendly uh, screen name there, friend. Good work. Um, all right, do you want the do you want the rapid fire questions? You just have to give me your knee jerk reaction. Oh god, no one wants to hear what I you think know? at first about anything. Okay, go. Well, they're going to be they're all going to be way out of context, which I think is really fun. I love it. Go. Um, all right. Okay. Intermittent fasting. Fuck it. <laughs> Computer crashing. Bad. No air conditioner life. No air conditioner life? Yeah. Like, like you the about that con- life, bro? The no air conditioner life? Oh, no. Fuck that shit. Fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. Okay. All right. All right. Um, not booking hotels and have to double back the way you came. Wait. Say that again. Not booking a hotel and having to double back the way you came. <laughs> dipshit life. Hashtag dipshit life. <laughs> Hashtag dipshit life. All right. Um, top three best podcasts to listen to. Uh, talk show, talk show, talk show, and talk show. <laughs> um, uh, your thoughts on being gluten free? Uh, I actually like to eat gluten free food. I am not gluten free exclusively, but I eat a lot of gluten free foods, and I I don't think it's um the cure all that some people think. But I do actually, I don't know. I think it makes me feel good. So whatever that means. I dig it. Okay. This is, this is going to end with two real questions, but we'll get to it. Oh, great. I can't um, wait for that. Do you know what Zwift is? I don't. This is a thing that you do every podcast, Adam. I want to point this out. At least once every talk show, you do this thing where you act like you have a half of an apple in your mouth, but you're still trying to talk. And you're like, do you know what? Do you know what? It's like, no, I don't know what. <laughs> Enunciate, oh. motherfucker. I can't hear you. Well, if you don't know what. <laughs> oh, my God. If you don't know what Zwift is, then I can't ask that question. Um, is Rad the best cycling movie ever? What? Do you that know the- what Rad is? The movie? Um, I, I know that my friend, uh, Dan from Providence is rad. All right. Very good. Shout out to Dan. <laughs> okay. Here's your, here's your, uh, Dan action, Dan action. Yeah. He's not Dan action from Providence. He's rad. Well, he is rad, but now he's Dan action from Philly, from Philadelphia. Yeah. Eh, whatever. He's yeah. rad either way. What was that? What was that band? 
What band? Where he sung in he sung in French. Oh yeah, I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but I know what you mean. <laughs> Whatever Something it is, now. it's awesome. Um, oh, this is gonna drive me crazy. All right. Anyway, here's your here's I got I need an opinion, and um, all right, let me ask you this one question first. Do you think that CrossFit creates addictive CrossFit? Do you think CrossFit creates addictive behavior or do you think it attracts people who already have addictive tendencies? Well, uh, so I'm not an expert as, as I've, here's the thing. I've never been in the gym. (laughs) I should have said the box. I've never been in the box, but, um, (laughs) let me out of the box. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can't put daddy in a box, but, uh, here's the thing. I do jujitsu. I do some other, uh, I've done, I've been a bike racer. I've done some other activities that, I think, you know, attract a certain type of type A, um, you know, very task-oriented, kind of almost task-finishing-addicted individual. And I think, you know, jujitsu guys that I've met, a lot of crossover to CrossFit and other types of, you know, gyms of that nature. And I think it just comes down to people who are addicted to... Uh, the sense of personal achievement. There's something in their life that makes them feel as though they need to get boxes checked and uh, something that gives them the feeling that not just that they've achieved something, but that there's like a system of recognition of that achievement, whether it's their own personal recognition that they did a a personal record or whatever it is in the gym. Cause I know, you know, CrossFit's a little different. Like with jujitsu, it's very like you get a belt every now and then if you're better, you know, and, uh, bike racing, maybe you get to be on a podium or you get also like the equivalent of a belt when you get up a category. But like, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like at a certain point, uh, those things are, it, it, I don't know. It, how much you care about those things is going to determine the the way that you engage with your activity. So I don't know. I think people who do CrossFit, I don't, I don't know. I've never worked out with those people, but I have done jujitsu with some of those people. And, and it seems like what they like the most is doing hard work and having some reward mechanism associated. And that's fine. Sounds good. Okay. Very good. Very good. Very good. Last question. Yes. Uh, if you let me give you a scenario. <laughs> Let's say you're at the what do they call the jujitsu training facility? Do they call it the gym, the, the dojo. Uh, the uh, God, sorry, uh, the academy or the gym. Did you try and eat the microphone? Are you hungry? Do you need to take a break for a snack? No, it's it's uh, whenever I touch the volume knob, it. it crackles but uh yeah the, so i okay. would say the academy is the right answer it's the Jiu-Jitsu okay academy. all right all right let's imagine you're at the academy and let's imagine that you are you go to the academy very regularly you're there constantly because you're you're training a lot you you're busy choking people okay yes how do you react if um Mr. Gracie comes in the building and he's there for like a week. Well, that's an interesting, I mean, there's, there's variations on that experience. Like, um, 
the, I mean, the academy I train at that I've been absent from for a while now, uh, and I'm going back to soon. Actually, let me, let me, let Mr. Gracie's not a good example. The, the, the jujitsu world champion. Yeah, same thing sometimes. But um, okay. so so we wouldn't likely have the world champion in the gym, just the logistics of it. But but we do have people on par <laughs> with that, that level. Ignore that. Ignore that. Ignore that part. <laughs> but on par with that level. So when and, and so and, and actually uh, because our instructor at the gym I train at sometimes is is so well known in Brazil and connected to people. We have very high level people come through and train high level black belts and and actually some of the the baddest ass dudes or dudes you've never heard of that are black belts from gyms in Brazil where like maybe they're not in the competition circuit. So you don't know their name, but they come through and just smash every single person in the gym <laughs> and, sure, sure, and are very sure. friendly and cool about it. And that's the thing that's so funny about jujitsu, uh, you know, and I think any, you've been there, you know, even in CrossFit is not where you're like, you do it side by side. You're not doing it to each other. But the thing about jujitsu is like, you know, you, you meet this nice person and they, they're so cool and they're from another culture. And maybe you don't, I mean, I trained with this guy once we still keep up online, but he was deaf. And, um, so like our ability to communicate was kind of like, you know, limited cause I don't know sign language, but we, you know, we worked it out, but like everything was really cool. The nicest guy in the world, we slapped hands to train and it was like, I thought we were in a fight, you know, it was like he, he trains hard. Like he was not being nice. He was, we're, we, we had a really good round and it was like a hundred percent trying to <laughs> choke each other or submit each other. And then the second it was over, it was like laughing and high five. So like, you know, I, that's, that's what's cool about those environments. But, uh, I don't know, like when it comes to like, uh, so, so when you're in that environment, if, if you get like a, a jujitsu gym with like somebody who's really impressive who rolls in, the only thing I think that changes that's significant is that uh, the peripheral training. So if there's someone in the gym, like we, we have a guy who trains at our gym. I won't even name him on the podcast, but we have a, a relatively famous UFC fighter who trains at our gym. When he's in the gym, every roll, even if it's two white belts rolling with each other, somehow feels more intense because he might see it or he might, you know, be adjacent to it. So it's like when you get somebody, and I don't know if that's like that in a, at a CrossFit gym, if, if a celebrity comes in, but everybody's attempt to be good suddenly becomes more urgent. Hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. You went in a different direction than, than what I was. Um... Yes. I agree with you. I think that there's... We're like 10 episodes in, and you haven't figured out that if you try to lead me in a direction, I ain't going there. I know. It (laughs) never works. It never works. Uh, I like what you're saying about the the energy thing, though, I think is is unique. Um, uh, I mean, it's also like at our gym, we're we're super fortunate. We have... um, we have Danny there every day, so she's a, an elite games level athlete. So she I means she's a complete savage, anyway, and that's a, a daily occurrence uh, to have somebody of such a high level there. And that spreads the energy curious. in the space where people, you know, people know that energy is there. Oh, for sure. For people that are open to it, yeah, hundred percent. They can they can feed off of that. The part that I was curious about is if a celebrity athlete for lack of a better term, because that's not necessarily the term that I want to use, but the celebrity athlete is in the gym. Uh, 
Like, would you? I think it's interesting to watch how people react when there are other celebrity athletes in the gym of extremely high caliber, and they and they these are people that train super hard all the time, and then they become complete like uh, super fans, you know. And they're like, can I, you know? Then they ask for a selfie picture and whatever, which I think is is totally fine and fun. Um, I think that dynamic is just super interesting, and and so there were some folks that are at our gym and uh, my friend was like, Hey, you should, you should ask for their autograph or like take a photo. And I was like, that's not, that's not really my jam. I'm it's, not going to do that. It's not mine either. <laughs> and I, I won't go deep into it, but I was riding the green belt and you know this story, but I'll say it for the podcast. I was riding the green belt here in Austin one time on a mountain bike. And, uh, I'm not a particularly good mountain biker, nor have I ever been. So I wasn't ripping a, a sick pace. I was just having a nice leisurely Sunday ride I pass a guy with his toddler daughter and he says, Hey man, Lance Armstrong's up there, which is like, you know, Adam from being a bike racer in like the early two thousands, people would just like say weird Lance Armstrong references to you while you're riding. Like that was right. a thing, right? They were Lance, and you'd be like, why do, they, do people yell that? But uh, on this particular occasion, the guy was just, telling me a real fact because Lance Armstrong was up the trail a few minutes from me and he was riding with a friend and he wasn't going fast. He was having a leisurely ride with a friend. And so I caught up with him and I still didn't think it was him, but he had a Juan Pelota Jersey on. And so at a certain point, like, you know, we're on single track, we're all riding in a line, you know, they stop for a water break. And so I have to awkwardly kind of ride past Lance Armstrong (laughs) But like the trail's so narrow that it's at such a slow pace that I kind of have to like we we look each other directly in the eyes and I have to decide what I'm gonna say to him or nothing. But it's like so awkward that it feels like I have to say something and I just say like, "Hey, man," <laughs> and that's it. Because <laughs> honestly, I don't want his autograph. I don't really give a shit. It is cool that he's famous and I'm right there next to him. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but like it gives you that like next to a celebrity rush that is completely preposterous. Like, why do we feel that? He's just having a bike ride the same as me. I mean, he did not want to talk. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't get that. Uh, I can appreciate that other people get have that that rush or that feeling or or whatever. I've just never uh, never quite experienced that. It just doesn't happen. So like these folks were were visiting in Vermont, and and uh, obviously I knew they were not from Vermont, and so I saw them and I was like, oh hey, how's your Vermont trip going? <laughs> you see <laughs> like, that was it. <laughs> you seen the leaves? All right, peace. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like you guys get some maple syrup. Sweet, you know, like. Ooh, yeah, that maple syrup so good though. <laughs> Shit, man. They're just like people they're just there to do whatever the fuck they're gonna do. Anyway, I was just curious. Uh I we clearly share the same outlook on that. And so uh All right. would, yeah, that's it. I was wondering. We gotta land the plane soon, but I wanna play a quick game with you. And I'm hit gonna me. I'm gonna try to hit it off the top of my head. So if this goes badly, it's all on me. Are we gonna Is do two chokes? Two jokes and a joke. We're going to do two jokes and a joke, which for those listeners who are familiar is the sister segment to two lifts and a lie where I'm going to tell <laughs> Adam three jujitsu moves. They could be chokes, uh, submission holds or 
I would even say like a, a good sweep could fit in there, but they're strictly jujitsu moves. One of them is going to be a fake thing. Two of them are going to be real. Okay. okay. And you're going to tell I'm me ready. which one's the fake thing. Okay. Well, you don't know is that I've been training jujitsu for the last two years. I God, I hope that's because you're better than <laughs> at me than everything. So I really hope that's not true. <laughs> I got to hold Soon on to as something. I see you, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to rear naked choke you and oh, the game man. over 30 I'm, seconds. I'm going to crop my guy your ass. Uh, don't even look that up. Um, so <laughs> here are two chokes. Right, I'm, I'm ready. Two chokes and a joke. Um, so, okay. We, so we've got a flying triangle. Yep. Or a Von Flu choke. Or a... Knee jerker. Okay. Flying triangle. Mm-hmm. Bon, bon flu choke. Yes. Knee jerker. Yes. Mm. I know that the flying triangle is real. Okay. So bond flu or knee jerker. I think, you know, like, uh, based on my limited knowledge of jiu-jitsu, and it, it, has a, it has a certain amount of elegance to its movement. True. Even, you know, I mean, some would argue that it's violent, but I, I don't think that's true. And there was, like, who was it? Was it? I think it was Gracie where he was explaining about, like, putting somebody to sleep lovingly. <laughs> it's the gentle art it's just the way, my friend it's the gentle yeah, art yeah the, the, the way he the way he described it there's there's definitely a, a certain amount of elegance to what to what is happening um, with an immense amount of power at the same time so therefore I'm saying knee jerker is the joke oh Adam St. Germain you're bringing it home because you are correct yes <laughs> I, nice. If I had a little more time, I would have tried to come up with something, but I, I thought that was a pretty good bait because there are a lot of knee-based uh, submissions, knee locks. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like that. So, so you know, that's a good opening round. It'll get harder. That was solid. That was solid. That <laughs> the Von Flu choke, um, I would have to send you a video, but the Von Flu choke is one you don't see in MMA that often, but there was a famous one in the last year or two where – you kind of do it where when, when you're trying to submit somebody from the bottom, I, I think, if I'm remembering right, uh, if you do it in a kind of incorrect way, the person from the top can can submit you with this choke. It, I, you'd have to look at it, but it happened in MMA in the last I'm gonna, year or I'm so. Gonna, I'm going to Google it as soon as we're done. Um, it's, okay. a, it's, it's a Before choke you get caught in if you're being dumb. Put it that way. <laughs> All right. Fair, fair enough. Before we go. Mm-hmm. Quick hit. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, uh, this weekend, Saturday, uh, got a run. <laughs> and uh, What are you doing? Are you up to an hour and a half? Hour and a half? I should be. This weekend was supposed to be my first hour and a half, but uh, I was uh, T-shirt uh, cannon shooting my stomach contents around the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> so I'm going to postpone that to this weekend and uh yeah i'm gonna try and catch up man i'm doing a lot of overtime too at the hospital because i'm taking a week off in july which will also be okay. a time to train because this is staycation i'm taking a nice staycation in july 
and I'm doing some woodworking. Solid. Shit's, shit's Solid. on fire. What are you up to? All right. Uh, Allie and I will be, uh, to Allie, uh, my wife, uh, we'll be attending a <laughs> wilderness first aid class. Nice. I got a question yeah. for you. I'm going to ask you on air. The wife episode. When are we going to do that? We got to do an episode with both of the wives. We're going to like have them on. We're going to have them on. It okay. Can, well, it first just, I need to figure out. It can just be a segment, but I think it would be fun. <laughs> we could. Oh, I think, no, I think it'll be good. We could, it could uh, just be each of us asking our wives separately, what do you think this show is? And then they have to try and define it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we should do it too. I got to figure out the sound engineering of how to hook the microphone up so that we can do it. We'll talk about um, that off air. Off air. Yeah, but, but that'll, I think that'd be, yeah, we should, we should do it um, later. How about in July? Let's do it in July. That's awesome. Also, I want to say to people out there, if you want a t-shirt that says Complicated Squat Squad, I'm thinking about making them. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and, and, and Oh, which is actually, I'm just going to say, this is going to tie in great to our to the new show catchphrase, Upsies Downsies. Because when you squat, you go upsies, and you go downsies. Upsies Downsies, bro. We are henceforth, henceforth, hashtag Complicated Squat Squad. <laughs> <laughs> And, right. on, and on that note, this podcast has ended. We'll let you all go in peace. 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 We out.